Hey guys, welcome back to the Aiden Podcast. Today we're going to be having multiple um, guests. So first off, we're going to be talking with Ben, and after that, we're going to be talking with a few past teachers. And um, yeah, so let's get started. So first of all, um, let's see, we're going to do prayer right now with Ben. So organized prayer in schools, what's your opinion on that? Honestly, I think it's your right to practice your own religion, whether it be Christianity or Maybe, but you know, you don't, it, if it's organized, then go ahead, go right ahead. It's up to you to really practice your own faith. Well, believe it or not, organized prayer in public school setting, whether in a classroom or in a school sponsored event, is unconstitutional, actually. The only type of prayer that's constitutionally permittable is private, voluntary school prayer that does not interfere with the school's educational mission. Now, I feel like that. Okay, that's that. that that's noticeable. But um, at the same time, is that students do have the right to engage in voluntary individual prayer. But I feel like that. Like for example, I, I was on the football team. You know, yes. It, our, our coach would call out somebody to pray for us before he gained. And I feel like what this article is kind of saying that I have in front of me right now is that that's kind of unconstitutional because the coach called on somebody to pray each game, you know? And that's right. and that's a school event. It, it's not it, – it, but it is student-led. So at the same time, I feel like it's also legal because it's student-led, you know? Yeah, that, that, that is completely true. But, you know, I think you're right with the fact of it being, you know, it, not in a group fashion, but, you know, individual – you know, and I am a leader of an organization that the, that it's called FCA. I am a leader yes. of that organization, but I feel like that organized prayer at school, it depends. I understand that teachers cannot lead it, but I'm thinking that some teachers, for example, like um, our, our sponsor, one of the, the, the assistant coach, he, he says prayers all the time in FCA. And I mean, it, then again, it's also an extracurricular activity. I also feel like that if a coach really wants to pray, he should be able to before a game. That's just my opinion, but I know it's not it's it's unconstitutional but in a in a public school setting. But that's just my opinion because I feel like that if he says because I mean, whether you're a Christian, whether you're an atheist, like I know some of my atheist friends who still honored the prayer before a football game, you know? Right. Like, I have a few atheist friends who are like, oh, I don't believe in God, but I'm still going to respect people who are saying a prayer, you know? Well, yeah, and I, and I can and respect I mean, And I mean, I just don't understand why exactly people have to um, ask permission to pray, number one, because um, I know that, like, in a public school setting, like, um, the teachers, and there's, like, a certain time, to try to fix in the time where you can pray, it would be, like, the moment of silence or something. And right. then... But other times that if, let's say like, if you're not Christian, let's say like if you're a different religion, let's say like Hindu, right. and you want to, and um, it's the holy day in the month, but you have to go to school. I feel like the school should set a time for certain people to go practice their religion just for like 10 minutes, maybe like, or five minutes, you know? Yeah, and I, and I agree with that because it really shows that we're not just thinking about ourselves or just one religion. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to say the school has to shut down for 10 or 5 minutes. I'm saying that, for example, like, at lunch, at lunch, um, it's, it's, it's your time. Lunch time is your time. 
at lunch right. you can and- have a voluntary like five minute prayer session if you're Hindu or Buddhist or whatever. For Christians, you can maybe um, I know in at at, a, at my school we do it in the mornings. Um, right. That, that that that's a voluntary time. Um, I feel it like it is because it's not be during more. the school hours. I feel like that there should be more options, especially since I feel like that Christianity is kind of being hit the hardest here because you you can't you can't exercise your beliefs or like um it's, it, you can't really like you can't be teaching kids what the Bible says without on 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 somebody else's time. Let's say like if the teacher was talking about something like because teachers can downplay Christianity as much as they want, as you heard in my last podcast with Davis. Um, teachers right. can downplay Christianity as much as they want, but they cannot upplay it whatever they do. Of course, unless if you go to a private school. Right. If you go to a private school, like a private Catholic school, they that's that's part of the day. That's part of what they do. But if you go to a public school and you know you have a teacher who's maybe Buddhist and not Christian or that they don't have the right to push their religion on you. They don't, but they still do it. Just like political views. They can still push on your political views, even though you may not have the same ones, just like religion. Like, they can still push on. It's funny, because I feel like that Christianity is hit the hardest here, because the kids tend to get more mad whenever teachers share their Christian faith, and they say, I'm Christian, like our coaches do. Our coaches are like, we we won't won't look what's best for you in God's eyes. That's what they said. It's right. like that's there's, there's nothing acceptable. wrong with that, but there's, but kids there's get, but certain people get so mad at that because they're like, Oh, well then what happens if I'm Buddhist or something like people will still respect that. Yeah. People will, re- will respect you for whatever religion you are. We live but, in a day and age where you can practice whatever religion you are and you are respected by a person because you earned their respect. It is not given. I mean, I feel disgusted whenever kids are like, "Well, you should not be able to uh, to, to have any Christian event at all, or because that's just unconstitutional." Because why is there a Buddhist yeah. event? I'm like, because nobody want nobody uh, Christians, in my opinion, at our school. I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like the top two majority percents that make up our school, the school that we go to, are atheists and Christians. That they, is the, and, and I, I, I agree with that. Top two. And I feel like that we respect each other. But if there's like a small Buddhist percentage, I feel like that, okay, we should give some outreach to them and be like, hey, you guys can also do something, but cannot infringe on school day rights. Because what they want to do is I, I've been seeing in some cases where um, kids, um, kids will get so mad that they don't have the time. They don't just do it in the middle of everybody's school day. Like, if you're a different religion. And I say, why? Like, yeah. you're not any more special than any other religion. Just because right. you think that you, your religion's better than everybody else's, does not mean that you can go, that, is not, that does not mean that you can actively go break a constitutional rule that says, um, it's for Christianity and for any type of player, that in a public school setting, whether in a classroom or at a school-sponsored event, is unconstitutional. No, yeah, and I, I agree with that. You know, in this country was founded, and I don't mean this to be any sort of like, mean when I say this, but when our country was founded, 
our founding fathers didn't know about a whole bunch of the other religions like Buddhism or Muslims. They never knew about that. So when they say it's a freedom of religion, they were thinking a freedom of a Christian religion. Believe it or not. And you're free to practice whatever form of Christianity that you are because they didn't know about any of the other religions. Yeah, believe it or not, actually, um, for schools, for certain public schools, actually, after the Constitution was framed, um, they actually taught reading from the Bible because that was the prevalent religion. And people, our, our, our public school systems were kind of like the private school um, Bible schools, honestly. I oh, mean, yeah. They, they would have a Bible class and everything. And then just so much dramatically changed. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we should not be welcoming to any other face. I'm just saying that it's so it's just so dramatically changed that people feel so discriminated. I'm like, nope. It makes me a little bit mad because not, not the whole world's not about you and what you want. It, it's for the good of people too, you know. Right. It's about that saying: the whole world does not revolve around you. There yes. are millions and billions of people on this planet. And we can't accommodate every single one of their needs or their wants or desires. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, here's another question. Can school or state require a moment of silence in a classroom? Actually, no. They do not have to require that. Um, they don't. Struck down a statute requiring a movement, moment of silence, which students could use for silent prayer and meditation. Because it enhances the purpose of practicing religion. Similarly, the one federal appeals court struck down the movement of silence salute because of religious purpose. That, in my opinion, is like okay. Our school has a moment of silence just because it's just out of honor of everybody. Right. And moment, a moment of silence can't. It, it, it's not just for practicing religion or praying to God or Buddha or whoever you believe in. It can also be to honor those who maybe have served your country and maybe didn't make it back. It's honestly... A a moment of silence could be for anything. A moment of silence could be even just to recoup your your emotions. Right. So, in my opinion, I feel like that that court case, I feel like that our moment of silence, it's like a minute or 30 seconds long. It's quick. It doesn't even... even, Yeah, it's about a minute long, and it gives you about 60 seconds to just maybe... Sorry, I lost you there. Well, um, anyways, the moment of silence, I feel like, is the most important part of the really, like, what the school has to offer. Because it just, in front, it just d- contemplates religious freedoms. Religious freedoms are so important to me because I feel like that people should have a say in what their religion is. And people should have a say in what they believe in, which I fully agree with. And then... Um, the moment of silence just kind of implements that where you can practice your religious beliefs in a public school campus, but you're not going to be bothering anybody because it's silent, you know? Right. It's a silent time to reflect. It's not to impose someone with your religion because that's what you are and they are maybe atheists or something. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just like okay, I'm just going to pray to my God right. and um, just to start off the day, or I'm just going to meditate on something that I really wanted to meditate on for the start of my day just to have a started just to start me up you know i feel like that that court case was a bit wrong because i feel like schools should be able to require just like a small portion just like a 30 second period maybe of just silence 
that would be beneficiary to everybody. Right, and it could be it, it's beneficiary to it could be beneficiary to even the teachers to reflect on maybe what they're gonna talk about in their class or what they're not gonna talk about. Yes, I, I agree, but I mean, it's just insane just how people just don't just think it's so, like racist and so bigotry. It's so bigoted on. It's it's sad. Well, you know, and I was I was listening to something this morning, and this guy, he was in the northwestern part of the United States, so Oregon, Washington, and California, and yeah, he was he was interviewing people, and he asked someone, and because in California and all those uh, uh, states, they don't so they don't teach some things, and that's that's what bothers me a lot because you know he asked them, he said. What is the Fourth of July for? And one person, this lady, said it was to memorialize the Civil War. It wasn't to say the Revolutionary War, which it was actually about. No, it was for the Civil War and saying that the Civil War was over and that we were a country. No, it, it, it's for, it's not for that. It really isn't. Like, um, even in our national anthem, "One State Under God," that was added whenever one of the presidents found that we had very lacking. Of, I think it may have been Eisenhower. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, thought that we just had started having a lack of faith and straying away from God. He put that inside the um the the sorry the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. And um, another thing is that I've been looking at this is that teacher participation in the flagpole prayer event. If you guys don't know what that is, that's one day where you um, on a September morning where you you or any type of morning where you come around the flag and you just pray for the school year to go well. Teacher participation. I feel like that's okay because it's prior to school hours, correct? Right. It is prior to school actually starting. So you're not violating any constitutional values or rights or anything. Actually, this article says no, provided the flagpole players event that stooly I'm sorry that the that the that the event is not truly stooly student led. It has voluntary. Um, um, so it, it's it's they're saying that it's not fully student led. They're saying that if a teacher cannot pray, I mean, if a teacher wants to pray, they can't. They can't pray at the flag at the pole at the um, flagpole prayer event, which I think is disgusting. I, I personally I, because I, I, feel like, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> You know, it, then, then, it, it may not even be Christianity. It could be, you know, maybe you're Muslim and you're sitting here going, well, you know, I'm Muslim, but I hope this school year goes well. Yeah, I mean, like, even like, so there would be basically, so this article right here, which I, 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 I'm I'm citing off of just because he has some pretty good facts, but this is kind of outrageous to me that um, a teacher, so basically be saying my coach, my FCA correspondent, would be saying he would be breaking a constitutional law that he cannot pray to other people before school hours. And I, I think that's wrong, very wrong. Because well, I feel know, like that if it, it's not on school time, and the it, teachers yeah, are able to pray. Time, so it's not violating any federal law or anything. It's completely yeah. out of school hands, even though he is an administrator and paid by the county or whatever it is, the school district. You know, he's not because it's not on school hours and then another thing is that um the the, the prayer walk that we that a lot of schools have teachers come out to that in, in a lot of numbers 
they even if they don't even believe in God, they still come out to that just to pray over the school year. So now you're basically telling that's illegal. That's what they're basically saying is that that's what this article is saying is that um that the prayer walk if teachers come around and pray with the students before school before school starts the day before school starts the week before school starts it is illegal well, because you- they are putting their beliefs first and I feel like that's disgusting because kids who are there obviously just want to they they, they want to kind of have this sense of like okay. It's starting off good. We get to pray before we do anything. Any religion, I feel like they'll be tolerant of having teachers pray over their kids. Well, you know, and maybe maybe that's true and maybe it's not. I mean, it's not really my whole place to judge. That would be something that it, I, I feel, that, yeah, it, it's kind of disgusting. It is disgusting to see that the left is trying to push an agenda where they want anti-prayer, anti-religion. We're going to be ending up like the USSR in religion here in a few decades. They're going to be brainwashing all the students that every single religion's bad. I, I guarantee you Uh-oh, that religion is a mistake in school. They're going to be pushing that agenda in schools. I guarantee you that. And that's scary. That is a scary thought. As, as we already know about the textbooks, um, the textbooks are already so left-leaning. It's, it's not even funny. It's it's scary, in my opinion, because it, it, they're only getting worse. They're only getting worse. Uh, yeah. And um, I mean, it's it's just it's just it's our country. I feel like that we need more and more. It, I, I'm in school right now. I think the most important things right now to a high schooler or to a middle schooler or to even elementary schooler should be reforming the education system because I feel like it's so broken in so many different places. I feel like that school choice should be enabled. I feel like that you should be able to choose where your kids go to school. The left doesn't want any of those. I feel that people should be pushing this this sort of pu- pushback to not being able because they're stepping on your rights of in my opinion if you don't have any school choice. Oh, you have to go to the school. That's why so many liberal run states and cities are failing because they cannot like new york they they choose where your kid goes to school you do not you're not able to choose for that and i feel like that's disgusting i know i'm saying disgusting a lot because half the stuff that i mean half the stuff that's going on is truly disgusting and especially in our minorities it it is it's 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 horrible well ben i'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast um next up we're going to be having a former teacher um on and she's gonna be sharing her opinion about how the school curriculum has been changing after the break already thank you ben again all right thanks hello guys welcome back from the break um today we're going to be talking uh, more about whether or not certain things are, should be or not or should be allowed at school but right now we're going to be jumping in to what school used to be like so i'm with here with Kay. Kay, how are you I'm fine. How are you, Aiden? I'm doing fine myself. So, um, so I, so talk, can you give us a little bit of backstory about when you were teaching? Um, well, I've been retired for six years now. I taught for twenty, and I subbed for oh, probably five or six uh, before that when my children were little, and. Um, uh, I, so I was leaving the classroom just about the time that we began to see uh, real, complete uh, curriculum changes. Uh, and when I first began in the classroom, 
my whole family taught, as a matter of fact. My husband was a teacher and a uh, 30-year uh, career teacher and before he retired. So this was our normal world. But uh, the, the issues uh, became uh, so clear toward the end of my career that things were changing so drastically uh, in so many ways that I was... I was really glad to leave when I did. Uh, I loved, uh, I mean, I loved my subject and I liked that. I loved my kids and kids didn't really change all that much. Uh, uh, family lives had changed so much that it made behavior different uh, uh, toward the end of my career than at the beginning. And school policies were so different about discipline and about what was expected from the student uh, it sort of switched gears that more was expected uh, as the years went on, that uh, more was expected from the teacher in the classroom than maybe from the, the student. And that began to sort of put a slant on how discipline went and dealing with parents went and all of that. So curriculum changed. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I was going to talk to you a little bit more about the textbooks, about all the textbooks that back whenever you were teaching, were they pretty straightforward? I mean, like for the most part. Well, you were you were taught in school to always uh, uh, view your textbooks with a critical eye and to make sure that uh, because textbooks aren't perfect. They never have been. Uh, but then we began to see little hints of revisionist history, what's called revisionist history, and that's where literally uh, uh, they were presenting views of, of events that happened to history that sort of took on a different twist. And then, too, the curriculum changed so much. You weren't so textbook dependent for the end of my career. And they really aren't now at all. It's it was the curriculum was driven by a curriculum program uh, purchased by the district that uh, accommodated the test a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, you you didn't have as much creative power. You didn't have as much uh, control over what you taught. These curriculum programs pretty much tell you what day to say what, and. Mm -hmm. um, so that we became we became not so much in tune with the textbook. Uh, we uh, the curriculum sort of moved it more to like documents and issues, and uh, the people who came out of those issues. So there were some historical figures moved out, and some moved in. Uh, we used to teach names, dates, textbook, uh, tie those together, and it made a story and. Uh, you know, and that would fit into the issues of the day, but the way it kind of got to be teaching what I taught, I taught history, uh, teaching what I taught was uh, so you could see the textbooks leaning toward issues and the people that were prominent in the issues and using more uh, uh, like documents instead of a textbook. Sometimes you do more uh, you know, research on the computer, that type thing. Yeah, I think that, it left room for opinion to come in a little bit more, uh, for sure. Yeah, well, there is one thing I do want to talk to you about that most history books do credit this as a as a party swap. 
But in my opinion, I feel like that is not a party swap. The whole Democratic and Republican thing, after the South lost the Civil War, of course, before the Civil War, the South was very Democratic controlled. But um, then afterwards, it started voting actually more Republican, and the North started voting more Democrat. People are saying that it was because of the party's beliefs changed, and that Republicans became the racist party. The party of the KKK, basically, and the Democrats did it. They became, like, the moral high ground. Yeah, and, um, I, yeah go ahead. And then, um, um, in my opinion, I feel like it's just a change of beliefs that the North and the South inherited. Yeah, the, it, that's what I mean, uh, where we used to just teach uh, more. And all things weren't accurate in those things, but you got to know, never were. But, uh, uh, but we used to teach more just... Name, date, people, events tied together made this issue. Where now you go about it from uh, from issues, and that that leaves it more leeway to have an opinion. The opinion changed about uh, why certain things happen, like slavery, and where they call it. You know, they don't they they measure their words out so much that you know. I, I don't know. It, it just it became more political. Yeah, I mean, the textbook company is kind of like a multi-million dollar industry. I mean, um, like for example, like after the Civil War, the Southern Sisters, or I forgot what's called, the Women for South or something, they may actually make textbooks for Georgia, but they made the South more as like a state's um, cause, and that's sort of sort of politicizing the. Um, the the civil war i feel like the most politicized subject is definitely the civil war hands down because some textbooks teach that kids should honor what the south did while others probably more prevalent nowadays teach them that the south was um racist nothing good came out of the south um they're basically the devil Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i mean it just became more uh, uh more politicized it used to be we just talked the facts talked the facts uh, teachers, if they respected their career, they didn't—they didn't try to influence as much as they just tried to teach you to think for yourself. I think now there's more influence in there. Is that what you're talking about, more or less? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't. You know, I don't appreciate a teacher coming in and, and uh, teaching you their views. Um, the facts are the facts are the facts, and that's between you, your family, and what you believe. Uh, we, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're Christians, so. But, I mean, I don't want anyone, I want teachers to teach you how to think mm-hmm. so that you can the facts and take it from there. I don't need anyone to make a, you know, to influence so heavily. I think there's just a lot of room for that now. Does it sort sort of scare you the way that the textbook industry and that the education industry is going, especially publicizing all these events? Yeah, the textbook. Oh, that's always been a yeah. That's a big money maker. These tests are a huge money maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that drives everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just drives everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the textbooks have to keep up with the test. Maybe I, you know that's just. I mean, I mean, but does it scare you that there's that much political influence inside kids' education? Oh, yeah. 
scary. I think it's very scary. I don't like anyone to tell my, my child. If I were a parent today, I wouldn't want anyone to tell my child. I just give them the fact, teach them how to think, how to do critical thinking, and then they'll pull their own their own decision out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of already seen the 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 education world being um, politicized mainly in college, but I feel like it's starting to trickle down into high school and middle school. Oh, mm-hmm. College is the big one, though. College has unprecedented to be the most big oh, one sure. that is definitely the most politicized. You're gonna, your teachers are gonna have a view no matter what, and they're gonna express it no matter what. Yeah, and they feel that part of their job is to keep their view. Uh, uh, you know, I um, if you're, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You don't, you just don't want to turn a classroom to an indoctrination center, you know. And that's kind of what some of this is doing. And yeah, it's definitely trickling down. Alrighty, here's what I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna be saying that teachers are towards Nazism. I'm just saying that. It's almost like propaganda now for one side of the political party. The Nazis, actually, they used to be teaching the kids how to think, how to act, and what they should believe on. And either either party, teachers in either party, I feel like this is not acceptable at all about whatever, about whenever they, I'm not going to call them Nazis again. They're not Nazis. They do great things. But just how they, it's, it's, it's disturbing because kids were influenced at such a young age that, doing all these things that the Nazis agreed with was good, was excellent. And then I feel like that the left, in my opinion, or and some of the right, is trying to influence our education by saying, oh, the other side's bad and we must destroy them at all costs, and our side's the moral high ground. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's scary. Uh, you know, for the most part, uh, except for a few teachers, but it just takes a few teachers. For the most part, teachers are some of the most compassionate devoted people in the world they, they really oh. are and they honestly care and they are honestly there to prepare your your mind and uh you know, to help grow up help your parents help you grow up and- i can tell you one thing in the, in the school district that i'm in right now they have a they set a standard for teachers and those teachers follow them and they meet them very yeah. good they the we majority, have a very close relationship the majority, with the kids. yeah the majority of teachers are not there uh, to, to indoctrinate. The majority of teachers are there uh, to just try to give that next generation uh, some growth and help the parent to, to, to finish that part. And, 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 and would you also see, and would you also say that the teachers, some teachers don't agree with what the textbooks say. So they kind of teach off book and they're like, this does not seem political. This does not seem correct. This seems like a political statements that way they teach their own way do you think that some teachers are doing that oh yeah some teachers do they always have there's always been a few but i think the material now helps that grow that you know mm-hmm. uh there's you know definitely a slant there's uh there's humanism in in our textbooks i mean there have been there has been for years but mm-hmm. uh now everybody's so uh politically has to be politically correct Everything's got everybody is so ready to get on the defense and stand on a soapbox, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just I wish we could, in a lot of ways, I wish we could go, but the internet's opened up a huge role of uh, you know, a huge room to do that in. 
and in the chest, you can't you're, you can't be creative with what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter how you teach. Uh, to some degree, it's it's what other it's it's the way the test wants you to, the curriculum wants you to teach. But the teachers, by and large, teachers are still there because their hearts are there. But that's the truth, and they're good teachers. And this is not. Uh, the, a failing education system in this country compared to the rest of the world, this is not the teacher's fault. Mm-hmm. The press loves to, loves to cast bad shadows on bad apples. You know? And then the, the the excellent teacher has to just ride that out, you know. And All right. It's not an easy job. I just wish every I wish the ones who think they uh, are there to indoctrinate could kind of stand back and take a good look at that- What's your motivation for being in the classroom? That's what I'm wishing to. Is, but uh, to teachers at our, I mean, most teachers, I'm just going to say this out loud. Most of the teachers that I've had, they're outstanding. They just, all they want to do is just teach us and help us. But there are those few bad apples, which I do think need to step off the pedal and they need to start following other teachers' examples. Because I'm not saying that all teachers are bad. I'm just saying that the curriculum that they're given is not, is not correct in any historical way, any scientific way. It's just trying to make your mind politicized. In my opinion, the majority of the material that they're getting is just politicized the living crap out of. And I feel like that the teachers, the teachers, it's, it's not their fault. It's the people who are running this. There, there's got there's got to be some type of scheme under all of this just to underestimate now, the minds not, of children. It's not because of bad teachers. It's not. Because no. These, these are people. And uh, the teachers are motivated to go to the classroom for the for the right reason for the motive for the motivation that it takes to stay in their career a whole years and years and years uh that's heart driven and that you know that's just i i just don't like the idea that any teacher would go in there motivated for any less than that you know to just get their own agenda bill but mm-hmm. I feel like that's not mainly the teacher's fault. Uh, well, then, in some, in, but also in some colleges, it is the teacher's fault. But in most uh, middle schools uh, and high schools, as of right now, it is not the teacher's fault. It is the corporation's fault. It is. It has barely ever been the teacher's fault. It's what the curriculum is. The curriculum is very left wing, in my opinion, especially the topics that we talk about. Because yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been listening to like ELA classes, and we're talking over here about whether or not this guy used self defense for an armed robbery and and um the the court case was actually considered murder over over an armed robbery and he shot the guy um and um he 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 scared off he it was in Oklahoma it was a pharmacist two guys robbed him he um then he pulled out then the um the pharmacist pulled out a shotgun he shot one of them in the head instantly killed him and then uh, he started chasing off the other one with a gun keep in mind both of the arbors were raw were armed so then yeah. he came back. He thought he saw the robber trying to reach for his gun, and he shot him five more times. And then they're trying to tell us that – and then the curriculum tells us that this is a murder charge and that you should not be able to defend yourself. That's the curri- – that the, the, that's what the curriculum says. Yeah, yeah, that curriculum uh, – well, there's – yeah, the curriculum is, is liberal for sure. Um, this, is, this is what I think when I think – students right now and where they are in the public classrooms mm-hmm. uh, they are they are probably the most well informed uh, because of the internet I guess and just just a different world probably this is the most well informed group of, of young people that have ever hit this nation 
well, they are. Uh, and, and they're forming opinions really young. Uh, and uh, here's the deal. The Bible says for uh, older people to be very careful and don't look down your nose at a young person. Uh, that there, there's much to be learned and there's much to be accomplished in these young lives and don't look down their nose at so as long as these families are strong and they're they're holding tight to their children, and as long as these kids, like you, Aiden, uh, I've known you for a long time, and you are naturally curious. You're naturally, uh, you have a good sense of right and wrong that that I know, uh, I know where that comes from, and I, you know, I know your family. I know what you believe, um, and so I'm. I think we're in good shape because we've got a good, solid group of young people who know not to buy everything that's sit down, sit down on their plate. You know. Now what's now what scares me is all these high schoolers who are demonstrating for political left wingness or maybe even extreme white right wingness, which um, which kind of scares me. For example, the um, the Keep Us Safe movement, or, or I forgot what the movement's called, but a bunch of Teen speakers are going out there and they're saying that nobody should have a gun whatsoever. We yeah, should have gun restrictions. And that scares me because they've yeah. fallen into that trap. And yeah, I, I mean, I wish they could just be. I wish they could just be want to be young and keep their minds open, but uh, not buy everything that that's being handed to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that the white supremacists, the young white supremacists who are mo- mainly teens nowadays, I feel like they've also fallen into the trap of Southern supremacy and stuff. And that's, and that's also kind of scary. It's almost as scary as they want to take away our arms as the left is doing it. But the point is that both political groups, the far left and the, uh, the far left and the extreme like Nazi right. Um, yeah. Which, 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 that's what I'm not. I am right. I'm, I'm right wing, but I'm not extremely right. I, I, I'm not extremely white. Sorry. I mean, sorry, right. Um, but I feel like that the left, the the far left, are very getting, getting, ganging. Um, what the high scores are th- to this day and age, but the, but the, but the class coming up is, I feel like, is getting more and more conservative. While the class leaving is very more and more liberal. Just for the fact, because all these school shootings are happening, and then they're protesting. They say we need to not have any guns. Period. Guns are bad. Period. The guns are not the problem. It's the people behind the trigger, which that's what they do not understand. We've been trying to throw it at them. They have mental issues. They've been playing this for years. They are mentally unstable. But the gun manufacturers is that they they want the gun manufacturers to pay for the person who's holding the gun's mistake, which I feel like's horrible because the gun manufacturers are just trying to make guns for people who law-abiding citizens who want guns. Mm-hmm. Well, anything extreme is not healthy. Anything I, extreme isn't healthy, you know. And, yes. Uh, so, uh, and that's what good teachers, uh, good teachers just line you up to think for yourself and if you know, if you come, if you're healthy, then you're gonna realize nothing extreme is right. You got to know mm-hmm. there's too much emotion in it. You know, there's too much. You know, it's. Um, I mean, I mean, if you look at it right now, there are less people on the extreme right than there are on the extreme left. For example, Antifa, extreme left. Um, the a lot of the people who are in the women's march, they want women's rights, women's reproductive rights, which I do not agree with at all because you know my stance on um, abortion. 
I'm very much against it. Today's actually my um Friday today. It's actually my adoption day, and that just kind of emphasizes where I I think it's wrong in any case. Um, but abortion, they're they're going so far, so far left that they're saying that they're fine having it. Like whenever the baby's born, they're fine killing it on the spot. Oh, I know. Uh, I know that that's all a heartbreak, and I hate that y'all are in, this, in the world where it's it's so um, it's being thrown out in such an ugly way. The left is doing that, but uh, yeah, you are uh, your life? You're going to be so uh, influential because of the life experience that you've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's almost a gift because you're you know you're really articulate. You're really curious. And you mm-hmm. understand huge, huge moral issues uh, mm-hmm. because you you walked out of one. I mean, you know. I mean, uh, people people who don't go through this, they don't understand the sacrifices that you have to make for this. You you see all the people who've done stuff that the far left is saying to do. For example, they say, "Oh, do all this drugs and stuff. Do all this. Um, they want mess and stuff." Well, guess what? The people who go down the road that they're the that the certain um, activist groups are leading them down, it's going to get you nothing. It's going to get you nothing. It's going to make you worse off. While the while the path of life, liberty, and justice that's what that's what's going to get you right. Even I mean, I'm going to be honest here. If the conservatives do something which I flat out disagree with, I'm going to call their bluff on it. But as of right now, they have not done anything that I feel like is wrong morally or ethically at all as of right now. But the left has gone so far astray, it's not even funny. Especially yeah. with Joe Biden in office and putting Beto O'Rourke as gun dealership, as the gun leadership of his house, and putting very left extremists as um, as um, abortion talkers for him. It, it scares me. It really does. If he, if he even gets near office, it scares me. Y'all are living in a much more black and white world than we lived in. Um, it's either it is either or not. And I mean, it's, it's it's on this side or this side. It, I mean, it is it, it's such there's such a broad uh, middle in there, and and that middle's getting narrower and narrower because they're going one side or the other. I, well, I, mean, I get away from the teaching for a minute because I would I I don't like to ever talk, but uh, take the teaching off of the program for a second. Um, I am a conservative. I'm a Christian. Um, I. I you know, uh, it's it, it's getting harder and harder to live in this world because the left has gotten so loud. And it's uh, there's a book called um, Safe Places by Prager. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, people need to read that because he's actually saying in that book, we need a balance uh, of what used to be Democrats and what used to be Republicans. We need that balance so badly. We need different opinions, and but now uh, uh, it, it's getting so lopsided, and I hate uh, it. I hate it for you, young people. Uh, I fully uh, agree because because if you're on one side or the other, the other side's going to attack you no matter what. I mean, for me, it's it's the liberals who are going to attack me, and for um the liberals, it's going to be conservatives who attack them. But I feel like that. 
the, I feel like that it, you have to choose one side or the other nowadays. It's harder to be libertarian and vote libertarian. You can't ever vote libertarian. If you're a libertarian, you most likely you are most likely a conservative, but you are most likely will vote Republican mainstream. As the other hand, if you're a socialist, you're most likely you can't vote socialist because the socialists are not going to win in the office. The only people who are in office right now are independents, Republicans, and Democrats. Independents have not won a presidential election for I don't think ever. Yeah. Um, Republicans and Democrats are the two-party hold on this, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm saying that we just need to – I feel like that we need something more of the middle, more of a balance, a balanced party yeah, where everybody can sort of get behind. We you don't. Know, that, uh, that would be a subject to get on um, and to, for you to sort of investigate because uh, the safe spaces, no safe spaces, actually a, a, a video and uh, a, a, it's a book as well. And um, that would be a good one to explore because what you, what y'all are I mean I'm older I'm I'm now considered elderly I, I'm, I'm uh -huh. but for all of you who have so far to go in this world being that there's get to be no middle anymore where you come together and you say this is what I believe and the other side says this is what I believe and then you say okay we'll find a place to, to agree that's gone. So y'all are in a tough spot, and um, it's scary because I feel like that if, if if this country goes way too far one side, it's doomed. We have to have a moderate balance. But for example, like I'm 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 more of a libertarian myself. I'm a conservative, but I'm also a very libertarian. I feel like the individual rights is right, except for abortion. I do not agree with that part of it. it yeah. Most libertarians do not agree with abortion, anyways. But I feel like that. People should be able to control their own destinies, not the government. I believe in small government for me. I just don't understand why so many people just are, are out there just to kill each other over one little thing. I, I just don't understand that because, I mean, for example, like this one from school to uh, talking about parties. That, that's sort of scary to me how, like, the school and the political parties are so related to each other. It's scary. School and politics should not be related. Unless, of course, you're taking a political class, which then it's understandable. No, it, it, it shouldn't be related. It, mm -hmm. No. I, no, because your brain is being trained to think for yourself, not what to think. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's the, only that's the only job of a teacher, how to think. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and so uh, to me, that's what's getting harder and harder to do uh, as a teacher and you know these really huge amounts of really truly dedicated educators are in a quandary I mean most for the most part these are creative people and they like to put things together that make kids think and um, you know but and there are so many other issues going on in the classroom just mm -hmm. family issues and uh, uh, you're dealing with things in the classroom that 25 years mm -hmm. ago clearly you did not deal with. Um, mm -hmm. Now, um, or, or, oops, sorry. Uh, so earlier in the segment, or, I mean earlier today, I was also talking about the flagpole prayer event, how teachers, in my opinion, I feel like teachers should be able, I'm not saying that teachers should not be able to talk politically at all, just not on school hours, as we heard from Ben Skinner um, earlier in the podcast. So um, teachers, in my opinion, should be able to also 
kind of like, for example, I lead FCA, right? Um, I feel like that that a teacher should be able to do what they want to do with whatever organization, left or right, Christian or uh, Muslim, I don't care, should be able to do it on their own time, you know? It should not be forcing it on the children uh, during a school time. I feel like they should be able to do it on their own time. Do you agree with me on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're all, that's the point of this country is that we all, I have the freedom to not be a Muslim and I have the freedom to be a Christian. And, uh, and I'm going to take that into the classroom with me. Uh, you do just with, the, with kids, but you don't indoctrinate. And if I want to go out to see you at the pole, I should not feel so uncomfortable going out to see you at the pole. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Um, I mean, I mean, also, like, um, I know that your husband used to be a very good advocate with the FCA program. Do you think that he really he did he talk politics at all in his what did he talk politics? I mean, did you or your husband talk politics at all in your classroom? No, I never of course, unless you were to. Even no, though I know you're a history teacher, but unless you had to, unless the curriculum told you to. No, I just all I did was teach what what I the facts, you know, and mm-hmm. and try to help kids grow enough in the classroom that they could learn, you know, just to mm-hmm. make them comfortable enough in the classroom mm-hmm. and uh, see them as people. That was my, as far as I was concerned, that's my job. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you just at one point in the early '80s. Uh, when my husband was uh, working with Youth for Christ out of San Antonio, mm-hmm. we were in, uh, actually, we were in the Comal District, and he was actually in one of the high schools there, and uh, the law came down that uh, he couldn't hold uh, Youth for Christ meetings on the campus at all, after school. Not um, even before school? Like, not office school no, hours? you could not be, there was a period there. You couldn't be on the campus at all, so they had to start meeting in homes. He would drive all over, as huge as that campus was, he'd drive mm-hmm. all over and spend whole night meetings in, in these kids' homes. And then Jay Seclow, uh, the one of the uh, legal advisors to the president right now, Jay Seclow got a hold of that and for a couple of years worked on it and got it back so that he could hold those meetings um, nationwide, you could hold meetings on the school ground, but you couldn't put posters up on about see uh, you at uh, uh, FCA or see or you're invited to Youth for Christ. You couldn't you couldn't put those posters on a person's locker, but you could put them anywhere else as long as it wasn't directed to the kids personally. Mm. And so uh, uh, then that's how we got. Uh, FCA and all of these groups, these uh, Christian groups back on the campuses, Jay Sekulow did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, in my opinion, I feel like that um, I, I, this year, of course, this year is not anymore anymore, really. Um, this year, I was able to, I was able to put up posters around the school, um, but I, I did have to get permission from the principal, of course, because he did sign off on them. He did say that he liked them a lot. He did say that, OK, I, I, they're, they're fine. They're school appropriate, which I'm not. I'm not concerned about. I'm. I, I mean, I understand there has to be some guidelines for posters that kids are able to put up. But I do understand that if it's on the kids' personal property, well, I mean, it's really not the personal property; it's the school's property. But if it's on like their personal property for that semester or that school term, you should not be able to mess with it. I, I mean, I kind of agree with it. At the same time, if it's your locker, you should be able to put on a poster no matter what, yeah. and it should be okay. Yeah, if it's your locker, that's fine. What they were told not to do is 
post their posters all over the place, and they couldn't be on the school lockers, but mm. they'd have to be on the wall. Uh, no, on your own, that would be fine. And teachers, you could have a Bible on your desk. You just couldn't proselytize. But um, I, actually, uh, I, mean, I actually ended up with two letters in my permanent file, and I didn't mean to do I, – I always tended to take the quiet road and just, you know, uh, not not forget who I was for sure. But uh, I thought I could do more just not causing a ruckus. So um, but there were, I've got two letters that I never in a million years thought that I would have in my, my permanent file. And they both concerned uh, complaints. Uh, one was uh, I had on my desk a, a sign that on my desk, it was, it was my school desk, and uh, I could have a Bible on it. But the sign said, uh, the most important decision you'll ever make is the decision to follow Christ. Well, it was on my desk, top of my desk, my mm. own personal desk. And I didn't, I never would say to the kids, come read this. I never did. Mm. And uh, anyway, we had a, a UIL meet and met in my room, and uh, somebody wrote this really scary, threatening note and left it for me to find the next Monday. And um, uh, I, it, it was really uh, very uncomfortable. And so I took it to the administration. And so they came and checked to see where the sign, where that little thing was, the little piece of paper on my desk. And he said, no, the principal said no. And the superintendent even no, that is perfectly legal. And so uh, it did go in my file. Uh, a copy of it did go in my file just because it was an issue. But um, anyway, it was that type thing. But now uh, I don't, you know, I think if a I think if a Christian teacher goes in and doesn't make a spectacle, like mm -hmm. some kind, of, you know, make a spectacle of themselves, and they just love people and just show the love of Jesus, that sometimes mm -hmm. your will just influence more than you think. You really don't have to make such a you don't have to indoctrinate. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, teachers. In, I know teachers in our district. I know tons of teachers who have crosses up on their board. I mean, they just do. I mean, but, 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 but it's, 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 it's not on the whiteboard. It's on their own personal desk. It's like behind yeah. their own personal desk, like where they have pictures of their kids and stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, I feel like they have a cumulative problem with it. I would say shame on you. They're just expressing their first amendment, right? Just because this is a teacher. I mean, the most normal thing that you hear in a school is that once you step into school, your rights are gone. Yeah. A teacher, uh, you, you've got to just keep your head on straight. Uh, yeah, anything on your team is personal. You're not supposed to process, you're not. And I signed a contract saying I was not going to do that. So I, in the name of Jesus, I was not going to violate that contract. But I was I was not going to check in my Christianity at the door either. Mm -hmm. But but I wasn't going to try to stand up there and influence everybody's children. But I was going to love them. I, I, I you know, I would love them. It's and, funny because uh, there's plenty of complaints to teachers who have crosses on their desk, but let's say like if a Buddhist teacher has an elephant on their desk of uh, uh, Genji, um, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, that's it's more acceptable. But um, uh, my husband, uh, of course, he, he was retired, what, 10, 14 years ago. So um, you've got to know that he was sort of in a different world, but he, his stuff was all over the place. He was FCA leader. 
and um, uh, sponsor rather. And um, so his stuff was all over the place. But we both we used to agree to that all the time. No, you don't go in and you don't you don't uh, try to indoctrinate. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord, uh, the Lord doesn't expect you to do this. You live, you live for Him inside that classroom, and people mm-hmm. notice His love, you know. But mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't like it when a teacher uh, stands up there and give and and sways young minds to what they believe, one way or the other. You know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I fully agree with you. Alrighty, um, Kay, thank you for ha- thank you for coming on. You want to say anything else before I before we go? Well, I'm just I'm just so proud of you, Aiden, because um, uh, you're you're really out there, and y'all are going to make such a difference in this world. And I pray for you, and I just want you to um, I just want you to stay true to what you believe, and I know you will. And I'm so thankful for your life. And thank you for thank you. Oh, thank you for so much for coming on, ladies and gentlemen. That was Kay and Ben Skinner on this today's podcast episode of Schools and School Issues. Remember, guys, if you guys want me to talk about any other issues at all, you guys can um, on the website on my website amk22. Um, um, you can really just um, email me. Actually, I have, I have my email on that side, and I think I may also have my email on here. Um, you can email me um, topics you guys want me to discuss. And um, if you guys are listening on Anchor or Spotify, just go on Anchor. And you guys can actually leave me a voice message of what you guys want would like me to discuss on the next episode. I really thank y'all for doing for um, tuning in. Um, remember, to, um, these podcasts are going to be now airing every Friday and every Tuesday. I mean, sorry, not not Friday and Tuesday. Um, we changed it. Friday and Wednesday. Friday and Wednesday. Those are when the podcasts are going to be airing now. Um, and I'm going to try to have them up at least before 7 o'clock. So I really thank you guys for listening in. Um, thank you, Kay, again. Thank you, Ben, again. Um, remember, God bless. Stay safe. And um, that'll be it for me. All right. Thank you for listening.